the need to get to heaven is righteousness. And he provided that. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning in Jeremiah chapter 23. We'll begin in verse 4. I taught a series a few years ago on some of the names of God. And I said I wasn't finished with it. They go on and on. We went over about 12 of them. There are many more. And when I started working on this message, it wasn't about His name, but it ended up there. As you see in the end of verse 6, the Lord, our righteousness. There's your title for the message this morning, the Lord, our righteousness. Verse 4 says, and I will set up shepherds over them which shall feed them. And they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed. Neither shall they be lacking, saith the Lord. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch. And a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely, and this is his name whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. He gives us righteousness when he saves us. He gives us a righteous standard and enables us to be able to live by it. A man visited his father, and you know how you kind of get to that age where the adult son tries to father the father, take care of him, tell him what to do a little bit. There's, there's some caring in that, and just kind of happens. So this man goes to his father. He heard he had been ill. And he said, Dad, did you go to the doctor? Dad said, Yes. Son says, well, what did the doctor say? And the son was impressed. Dad laid out every detail. The doctor told him about this and that, what he was to do, what he wasn't to do. Dad was listening. Son was happy. He said, all right, well, what have you done about this? Are you, are you doing what he said? Dad said, nope. Son says, well, what are you going to do, Dad? He said, I'm going to go to another doctor. <laughs> Father didn't like the way the doctor was addressing his health issues, so he was going to go get another opinion. He was going to go ask another doctor. And you know, in a, in a similar way, that's what many people do with God. God has instructions. God is, is timeless in right and wrong. There's not a new normal. There's not a, a new modern what's accepted and what's not. God's righteousness, it is timeless. You know, when, 
when the Word tells us what to do and we don't want to do it, and we turn away, that's changing God's. And that's no good. We don't want to do that. It's going to a God, though, that's more convenient, more adaptive to our ideas, and flexible with with our lifestyle if we do something like that. Israel did that. I'm not just talking about something that, that goes on among some today. Israel did that very thing. They quit following the one true God for foreign gods. Gods that were more lenient to the lifestyle they were tempted into and walked into. They departed from the Lord our righteousness. The Lord our righteousness. The Lord is the standard for right and wrong. The commands of God, they are timeless. They're never going to be out of date. They're never going to be out of style. They're never going to fade away. His word will never fade away or pass away. The Lord is the standard by which everything is measured. God is the bar. He separates right and wrong, and He leaves no question about it in His Word. He distinguishes good from bad. Righteousness is very important because righteousness is the standard by which one is accepted by God. And that would be saying perfection when we're talking about God's standard. And when people have heard that before, unsaved people, people who don't know the Bible, they have given the right answer or a right response, a correct response to that. They said everyone's in trouble then. And if it weren't for what God has done, they are exactly right. Because no one meets the perfect standard of God. We all fall short of the glory of God. He is the rule for righteousness. What's right, what's righteous, and what isn't. Whatever is wrong, how are we going to know it's wrong? Because God's Word is not going to agree with it. There is a blessing in store for those who hunger for the righteousness of God. Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. You know, back to the doctor. We just can't seem to get out of the doctor. If he detects that something's wrong, if he can see something's wrong, if some numbers aren't doing well, we can't get out of the doctor without him asking how our appetite is. You know, if, if something's wrong, if we don't have an appetite for food, there's a sickness going on in the body. And if we don't have an appetite for the righteousness of God, there's a spiritual sickness that is taking place within. You know, when we got saved, 
our appetite got turned around radically. All of a sudden, we were loving the good things of God and they were very nourishing. And, and, and we looked at the world as, as junk food and how terrible that was for us and how did we live through that for so long. And then the, the new appetite came over and it was so good when we got saved. When His Holy Spirit came to live within our hearts when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and what a wonderful appetite we had. We started having an appetite for righteousness. By the way, as we get started, there is no way that we are going to be able to love or want or live the righteousness of God without God. Jesus says, without me, ye can do nothing. This is a grace gift that you and I are able to be righteous. It's not for someone holier than thou. It's for someone who realizes they're not holy and they're humble before the Lord and, and needs that enablement from God to be able to live righteous. Righteousness is good for us. When He saves us, He lets us know it's good for us. And it agrees with us. Oh, the decreasing of the worldly appetite and the increasing of the godly appetite that happened when we got saved. But what do we know can happen in the Christian's life? All of a sudden, the appetite could start changing again. All of a sudden, there's the temptation, there's the desire for the things of the world, and, and not so much the righteousness of God. And that happens when we start having some distance in our relationship with the Lord. There's a battle we're in. There's a warfare we're in that we just spent many Sunday mornings talking about. There's a battle going on to take you and I away from walking in the righteousness of God. You know, when, when our sweet tooth gets a hold of us, we tend to frequent the donut shop quite a bit. My kids ask me to go get donuts and that apple fritter's just sitting there looking so good. They're always hoping they don't have one left. It's there, and I resist sometimes. And, and the way I'm able to is because I, I know if I just get one, I'm going to be thinking about it the next morning too. You know, we go by the little Debbie aisle, and man, they, they come out with something new. Shelly's, Shelly has to, anything that says new on the package, she's going to get it. And when it comes to little Debbie, there's definitely no exemption there. And, and so we, we think it's good. It has a good taste to us. But next thing you know, our body's not getting any nutrients. And we're not healthy. We fill up on the wrong thing. The same holds true in the spiritual realm. When we fill up on the junk food of the world, you can find it in a book, you can find it on TV, you can find it in the commercials of any family TV shows that come on on any given hour. 
You can find it all over the place online. And when we do that, we fill, we fill up on the wrong thing and we don't have our hunger for God as we once did. Not just talking about the people. I'm talking about preachers also. Same thing can happen to the preachers. Look what is said in verse 4. I will set up shepherds over them which shall feed them. Why did that have to happen? Well, there's some who do not feed on the Word of God. Jeremiah revealed this problem among the shepherds. They weren't feeding on the Word of God, so they weren't feeding the flock the Word of God. They weren't hungering for the Word of God, so they weren't able to help the people to hunger for the Word of God, and the people were scattering. They were going distant from God's righteousness, and they, they weren't teaching God's point of view. The Lord, our righteousness. Today, the government, the schools, in the homes, on media, the righteousness of Jesus Christ has been removed. And God's view has been replaced with a man-made worldview. Even in some of the so-called churches today, this happens. And the consequences are being suffered. There's no way around that. If we hit our thumb with a hammer, it is going to hurt. And the consequences are going to happen. They are happening for the Lord's churches his true church is to continue being blessed. The rule in His house must be His standard, and His standard is His righteousness. You know, sometimes righteousness can sting a little. Sometimes righteousness can, can hurt us a little bit. Living by the righteous standard of God, which is only going to happen by His grace and His enablement when we look to Him, when we hunger for Him, when we're submitting to His Spirit moving through us, to hunger and thirst for righteousness, to live in righteousness, what's going to always go along with that is an awareness of our sinfulness happening. When we're hungering for righteousness, we're not righteous, God is. But what He's drawing us to, it's going to reveal to us what's going on in our lives that offends Him. And that's not going to feel good. Living righteously, it's having sin revealed, it's confessing that sin. It's forsaking that sin, Proverbs 28, 13. And in that... There's always the need to ask the Lord for the strength that we might forsake these things. The battle, the warfare going on. And there's, there's an enemy that wants us to live wretchedly. And there's the Lord who has provided a righteousness for His people that we might be a peculiar people unto Him. 
So righteousness and the experience of it is going to be having sin revealed, confessing it, and receiving the grace and the mercy that we need to be able to overcome it. Whoso confesseth and forsaketh shall have mercy. Thank God for His mercy. Thank God for any overcoming that we're able to do. It's in His strength. It's because of what He has provided. Righteousness may not always feel good. It may hurt initially, but ultimately, righteousness in the life is good because we're able to dwell with God. We're able to abide with God. He can't abide with unrighteousness. He can't do it. You know, I mentioned some surgeries coming up of some members. I I doubt those members would want the doctor to be wallowing all in a bunch of bacteria before that surgery. If he does that, he can do the surgery, but but there won't be any healing that takes place. You don't want the doctor to do that, and God doesn't want His children to walk in sin and have infection in our lives. Christ has provided us with a a gift, something we can't do on on our own, but a gift to be able to have the opportunity to to be righteous, to grow in righteousness, to become more righteous in Him. It's because of what He did. Jesus was the one who was born without sin. Jesus Christ is the one who lived a perfect life without sin. And He satisfied the righteousness of God for you and us, you and I, because He took our place on the cross and He took our sin, He paid our penalty, and He swaps our sin for His righteousness in our lives. I I guess I will bring up the end of 2 Corinthians 5 over and over through the years. It meant so much to me when I saw the swap that God made in my life. For He hath made Him, Jesus Christ, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Some people say, don't use that word miracle today. Don't use that word miracle in this day and time. The, the process, what Jesus Christ did for us and provided for us, it's a miracle that He took our sins and He gave us His righteousness that we get to stand before Him, not seen in our sins, but His righteousness seen. And us accepted because of His righteousness. The song says, this is all my righteousness, nothing but the blood of Jesus. That's all that there is. Yet what is the whisper and what is the lie that everyone's falling for in this world? That yes, we do some bad, but we do some good also. And they're right according to the world's standards. There is good that goes on. But it takes perfection 
to satisfy God. That's why he deposits his perfection to our account. We are credited with his righteousness and he has taken away our sin. Praise God. And we can live by his enablement in the righteousness of him. Our sins were charged to His account. God's wrath was tied to sin and it was poured out on Jesus Christ on the cross. And that was for us. That was to take away our sin and to wash us white as snow. He was beaten. He was nailed. He was in agony on the cross that we might be accepted of God, that we might be washed white as snow by Him. He suffered the cost. He took the payment so that we could be made the righteousness of God in Him. Righteousness is credited to everyone who will place their faith and trust in Jesus Christ to save them from their sins. If, if you have gotten yourself out of the equation on the ability to get to heaven, you've, you've done something very good. And in order to get ourselves out of the picture and forget about me, it has to be all on what Jesus did. He is the one who provided the only way for anyone to get to heaven. The only way to heaven is by the forgiveness of sins. By grace through faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the one who died for our sins, the one who has power to forgive sins. We can't be given righteousness to get to heaven any other way. It's Jesus, 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 and it's no other name but the name of Jesus. Every religion will say something about God, but it is Jesus Christ who gives us the perfection of God in His righteousness credited to us to go to heaven. He's deposited it to our account. So we can be in heaven for all eternity. And before we get there, while we're here, we get to make withdrawals of that. To live the life that He wants us to live. The blessed benefit of a life in Christ on this earth. Peter says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, with, which liveth and abideth forever. We're made new in Jesus Christ, and we're no longer the same. We're not perfect, but we're making progress by His enablement in our lives, by His power that He has invested in our lives. He comes in and He interrupts, and He makes us something we could never be on our own before we get to heaven. We have a new identity 
in Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30 says, But of Him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom, and righteousness is made unto us righteousness, and sanctification and redemption. So as we grow and mature in Christ, the less the old of us is detected. And the more of that new creature is detected. There's, there's music that comes on the radio sometimes and, or in a store or wherever. And I really don't want to hear it because it's just explaining the life I had before Christ and, and I, I, really, I really don't even like to think about it anymore. Think about something I could never get myself out of. Think about something that none of us could ever get ourselves out of. But Jesus Christ did. In all of His righteousness, what a, what a miracle to be able to not only be saved and received His righteousness, but to be able to grow and to mature in His righteousness. The old of us less and less detected, and the more and more of His righteousness is seen in us. Not because we're holier than thou, not because we're good enough for His righteousness to be seen in us, but because it's His purpose. Because it's His purpose through us to change us. To make Him known by our lives while we are here. The Bible says in Romans, Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Clothe yourselves in the Lord Jesus Christ. Our habit is to wear Jesus Christ when we're going to fulfill our purpose on this earth, that others might see, that others might want what we have. We wear Christ. We show His righteousness. It's a miracle, but we're able to live by His, by His standard because of His grace, because of His interruption in our lives. To be no longer conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That is an experience of God. That is the power of God in our lives right now while we're here. I tell you what His righteousness will do. It'll change the environment that we dwell in. One fellow said when he got saved, he thought he had changed deodorants and his deodorant wasn't working. Because what happened to his life caused people to distance themselves from him when he trusted in Jesus as Lord and Savior. When, when we're wearing Christ by his grace and when we're enabled and walking in his righteousness, we don't have to put on some holier than thou to distance ourselves from others, they'll leave us. They'll leave and walk away from what they see in our lives. Our environment will be changed. When there's a righteous life going on, the wrong people 
aren't going to be buying a ticket to crowd around us. It's just the way it happens. We won't live by the world's value system when we live righteously. And God has given us the blessing of fellowship. What does He do to help us in living righteously? Because we need the help, amen? He gives us one another. He gives us the righteous to hang out with. That we might grow in righteousness together. Don't get me wrong. Don't anyone walking in the righteousness of God turn your nose up to the lost of this world. They need Jesus Christ. We need to tell them of Jesus Christ. We need to love them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we can't dwell around them. We just can't dwell around the world and be the spiritual superman. Before we pull them up, they would pull us down. Thank God for fellowship with the righteous. We're in this world. We're not of this world. We are to share Jesus with this world. But God doesn't want the world rubbing off on His children. And He's given us protection by His church. He's given us protection by His Word. The ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives is for right now. That we might live in the righteousness of God. Men should dwell around men with Holy Spirit conviction. Women should hang out with women of virtue. Teenagers should hang out with teenagers who are learning to live by a power to help them overcome the peer pressure that's going on in this world. We're to grow in righteousness. We're able to grow in righteousness and help others to grow in righteousness. I'm going to read 2 Timothy 2.22 because it gives us something to run from, something to run to, and someone to run with. Listen, not, not just at my commentary thoughts on, on righteousness and, and how we can have fellowship with righteous, but listen to what Paul wrote to Timothy 2.22. Flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace, with them, I'm going to, let me underline that, with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. We're given something to run from here, flee also youthful lusts. We're given something to run to there. The righteousness of God. And we're given someone to run with. With them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. May we be serious about the righteousness of God that's been credited to our account. May we be encouraged at the impossible life that God has made it possible for us to live by giving us of His righteousness. And that one day, we know we're going to stand before Him 
and we're going to have His righteousness having taken up residence to live in our lives and that, what He has given us, that's going to approve us for heaven. Not one single work of any man, not the best deed of the best man on his best day will be accepted as perfection before God. But faith and trust in Jesus Christ will. And so we ask this morning as we close, as Christians are encouraged, we pray, that God has given us a righteousness that we might be able to live for Him. But if there be one here today who has the same mentality I had for some 30 years, that I know I'm not perfect, I know I do some bad things, but I do some good things too. And, and the God I think this God of love is, is going to accept me into heaven because of some of the good things that I've done. I'm glad I found out it took perfection. And I was even more glad to find out that Jesus Christ satisfied the righteousness of God with His perfect life. And He offers that salvation freely to anyone who will lose track of themselves, put away, put away the scorecard of everything they've ever done, and receive Jesus Christ, the free gift of eternal life, to be saved from sin. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Isn't that good news that Jesus is still mighty to save? Isn't it good news that He's looking to get the attention right now of anyone who doesn't know Him as Lord and Savior? Take Him right now. Take Him this morning. Know Jesus in your heart. Have His righteousness deposited to your account. We're going to pray right now, and we're going to have a time of invitation. And if there be anyone here today, and, there, and you, have, you don't have that evidence of the miracle of the change that Jesus Christ brings about in life, would you trust Him freely, just as you are? Just as you are, He'll save you. Let us bow. Father, we bow before You again. Lord, we rejoice to be in Your house. Lord, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for the enlightening Your Word gives us. How it renews the mind. How it helps us. How we're encouraged while we remain in this world with considering all that You have done for us and You have left us here and You've left us here for a reason and You've left us here empowered. I thank You for the access we have into all that You give. And Lord, for the, for the beautiful personal relationship that someone comes into when they realize they're a sinner and Jesus died for their sins, what, 
what glory that is. What a wonderful moment that is in someone's life. And we pray that there might be one here today or several here today who would have that moment in their lives and they would know Jesus and His righteousness. For it's in His name we pray. Amen. If everyone could please stand. I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine own. 